Chicago hard, Chicago hard, Chicago hard. Up and into them, right from the start of the game. from the perspectives of Southside guys with an unapologetic Chicago bias. If this city could talk, it would say Chicago versus everybody. Hey, Doug, what's a good word, fam? Man, I'm cool over here, Press. Just sitting back um, watching the Kings of Comedy. Oh, the Kings of Comedy. Yes, sir. Audience. If y'all ain't knowing about that, it's an oldie, but it's a goodie because I know we got some of these young listeners, man. Y'all don't even know what's up sometimes. The Kings of Comedy, check them out. And A-Dub, you know it's related to the late and the great Bernie Mac. Wait a minute. You relate to Bernie Mac, bro? Hell yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So that means they got the Bernie Mac show money and you all got the movie money, right? Nah, everybody getting no money. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, his wife and his daughter got the money. That's all they deserve that money. But no, we uh, we got to hang out with him a couple times. I believe my mom, when he did those Ocean's Eleven movies and all that stuff, I think her her and my aunts, they got a chance to go out to Vegas and post up with him. And like I said, I met him a couple times here in Chicago. Oh, that's what's up. Now, is he the same way in real life as he is in these movies? Of course, of course. Very genuine brother. Cool. Funny as hell. Funny for no damn reason. Like, <laughs> funny as people I've been around, and I'm sure people are like, well, no shit. But I'm telling you, there's some people, you know, they're paid to be funny so they can turn it up and turn it down whenever they want to. He wouldn't even do anything that he was trying to be funny, and I still found myself cracking up or laughing at him. Facial expressions, his mannerisms, just really funny guy. But outside of just the jokes, just a real dude, real dude. He came up from nothing. He built something on his own. People don't even realize this about his story. The guy used to drive a bread truck around Chicago, did that during the daytime. At nighttime, he played at all these different small venues where he was getting his comedy stuff going. He would drive all over the place, whether it was Chicago, St. Louis, wherever it took. Cedric entertained the same way. Mm-hmm. These guys told so many stories about how they became famous. And see, a lot of people now don't have to do that shit because they could just post something on social media and people will find them. Well, these guys had to do it the old-fashioned way. They had to get in rooms and make people laugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Salute to those guys, man. The legends, Bernie Mac, bro. I've always enjoyed his comedy, bro. I can't even lie to you, man. Dev Comedy Jam. But hearing your story sharing how he was and his grind to success, bro, that's deep. Well, audience, as always, this show is brought to you by Crave It. Do you find the Crave It app on Apple and Android applications? Please join us on our exclusive community at Chicago Versus. A-Dub, let's kick off the show with our University of Illinois content. Audience, as you guys know, there was a COVID outbreak within that men's basketball team there. And I, would, I want to give Coach Underwood and his staff and also those players a tremendous kudos for not only just the way 
that they handled that whole situation there. The fact that the Big Ten was and Minnesota was willing to work with them, they postponed that game because the team wasn't ready. They had 10 guys that tested positive, just massive outbreak. I love Brad Underwood because he was very candid and open when he met with the media about COVID. He's a genuine guy, Perez. And here you talk about him and what he did when it came down to COVID and how he took on that challenge there and making sure people stay safe, putting the players first. Man, I got a salute to that guy. He put the players first, but at the end of the day, when he talked through the situation, he talked about the fact that none of the, none of the coaches tested positive. And so when he had that media availability, when he talked through things, he mentioned everybody's politicized this thing so it can't be politicized anymore. He's like, I'm not getting into all that. He said, we're going to be following the CDC protocols and both how we bring players back to practice, which is what he did, mm-hmm. and how he got players back up and ready for competition. But he made it he made it a known fact in that presser that they were going to play basketball this week, and they did against Minnesota. They made it happen, man. One thing about him following the CDC uh, protocol, man, that's huge because I think even with doing that, you're taking everyone help, you know, and making it an important thing there, making sure everyone is, you know, on the right track and, and getting better and healthy. So, but you're right. He got the game back ready to play, man. And I think, too, the CDC was shortening that window down from the 10 days down to the five days. That helped them as well. And also the Big Ten, that rule that they put where they uh, allowing teams to move games for COVID-19 reasons instead of an automatic forfeit because that hurts teams, you know, if if they have an outbreak and now they got to be forced to forfeit a game. So with the new rule, it allows them to move the games. And that's what Illinois was able to do. And that's why we were able to delay that game a bit against Minnesota. And I like that new rule there, Perez. Let's talk about that game. So when it comes to Minnesota, one of the things that I was worried about in this matchup, A-Dub, is I thought that our team was going to come out rusty. However, I saw no signs that these guys have been on a lone layoff. Hey, me either, man. And you know, the good thing about it, Perez, is I did like they pace as well because they weren't just running up and down. It was like they were getting to their sets and running their offense, making sure they were able to get some quality shots. The shots they were making, it's like they never stopped playing basketball. So, Yeah, I mean, he kept them prepared, but that's not something that any of us will be surprised about. That's how Brad Underwood operates. That's who he is as a coach. The, my biggest takeaway from that game against Minnesota is I thought the Illinois imposed their will on Minnesota. We can't say enough about Kofi Coburn. This guy right here, he's one of the top players in college basketball. But A-Dub, in this matchup, let's just be honest, Minnesota was undersized. They had no answers for Kofi in this game. Chris, I mean, he was going up on two people at times, Chris. Yep, like, yep. look, he said, you guys are too small. And uh, some of the big dunks he got from those from uh, Williams passes, I was like, man, you you putting your, your wrist in that rim to make sure they feel that, those dunks. But, yeah, he, he was so impactful, man. And uh, Kofi, is, he, he's the real deal, Chris. You cannot put no small dudes on him, man. He'll make them pay. You better not, because he made Minnesota pay. I give credit to Illinois because they stuck to what was working. And what was working in this game was dumping the ball down in the post to Kofi. We only shot 14 threes in this game. Now, we know how we've talked about on this show. We've talked about on this show a lot, A-Dub, how we have one of the better three-point shooting teams in in the country. Well, in this game here, we need all that. We played old-fashioned Big Ten basketball. Kofi did what he had to do. This team has such a high floor because of a guy like Kofi Coburn. His impact that I talked about a minute ago is just huge in – you made a good point, man, how the team just went through him. He continued to execute. That's a game changer. On the college level, he's a big-time player on the college level, man. 
that's one thing they did in that game, man. They rolled it. And you're right. We didn't have to shoot a lot of threes because this guy was just killing them, man. So I love Kofi, man. And it's good to even see him get better, Press. He's starting to have a good vision, would pass the ball out the double teams. This guy, man, is coming to his own. And the one thing, too, is that he's he's starting to stack performances together. And that's and that's what you want your guy to do in those moments. So when you got a guy like Kofi, who came back to college, a lot of us didn't think that he was on a comeback. He had entered the NBA draft. A lot of us thought he was good as gone. So when you see him continue to stack these type of performances together, we started to see his name up there mentioned with the player of the year conversation. We know that he's going to probably be a Big Ten player of the year candidate. The guy's third in the nation to score in A-Dub, third in the nation in rebound. I mean, these are just big-time accomplishments. And I wanted to piggyback off of a name that you brought up a second ago. You talked about DeMonte Williams and his passing, but I want to give him a salute because I thought DeMonte Williams was one of the unsung heroes from this ball game. Because that guy right there, not only was he dumping the ball down on the post very well, but he was playing great on defense. Jamison Battle could do nothing against DeMonte. DeMonte was forcing him into a lot of bad shots on that, in that game, a No, that's a huge point you made right there, man, with his defense. And um, I think it was a game where you were able to see him really take off. And I was like, that's just good, solid defense, good contest, staying strong, staying tough. I got to give him a lot of credit. That's pretty much uh, his brand of butter. I mean, when uh, DeMonte Williams, his value here on this team is that veteran leadership and his defense. I mean, that's what he brings to the table. For DeMonte Williams, you're not going to get much offensively. He has a bit of an improved three-point shooter, but really what you're getting from him is that grit, that toughness, and that tenacity. And in this matchup, he took it to Jamison Battle, and it was great to see. Also, Trip Frazier's defense on Willis, I thought that was huge. And so... What you saw from Illinois is you saw defensively, they were playing as a group and they, they were playing as a unit. And that's what you need. So many people put such an emphasis, A-Dub, on Alfonso Plummer and his defensive inefficiency. And I talked about it on this show. I said, look, Alfonso Plummer is not going to guard anybody. He'll shoot that damn ball all night long. However, when you have this Illinois team defending the way that they did against Minnesota, you ain't worried about Alfonso Plumbers defensively when you have all those guys on that team defending the way they were defending. When Monte Williams was defending like he was doing, Frazier was defending like he was. Grandison was playing tough defense. Even Coleman Hawkins off the bench was playing tough defensively. Omar Payne. Now, this is a guy that a lot of people in the Illini Nation take shots at. Well, earlier in that game, Omar Payne had a big-time block. It was a volleyball spike block. But that set the tone, eh, Doug? You hit some, a lot of great points. That defense was locked in. And then you so, add Kofi with how he was blocking shots too, right? You add that in there. It's like, man, they can't get anything going. This Illinois team is not only a team that can score some points, Perez. You hit a good point about the defense, man. They're very solid there as well. Well, so to the point that you when you added Kofi to the mix, so when I was talking about Omar Payne, if Minnesota's undersized, the Illini bigs was controlling the paint. That forced Minnesota to take a bunch of long twos. Those are good shots for them because they were contested as well. Also, what I really loved about how those guards were playing on the perimeter, Frazier, Grandison, Williams, they fought over those screens. Yes. That is what you want to see from your defenders. They also forced uh, those guards into a lot of isolation play, right? And I was like, man, you guys are really working this team here because they in isolation. That's good for our defense, right? 
No, and that's a fair point. And like I said, this team, they're starting to gain that confidence, man. They're a top 25 team, in my opinion. I think they'll be there sooner rather than later. And this is a team that's shaping up to be a Big Ten contender. I can't wait to these Big Ten games start to heat up here in January. It's going to be really exciting times down in Champaign. It's going to get heated up for real, Prez. But the one area that I have to poke a hole in when it comes to this matchup here against Minnesota, I thought a big weakness of ours was the turnovers. That is something that we're going to have to clean up against Maryland. Because if they want to try to force any sort of an upset against us, that's an area that they may be able to impact if they put pressure on our guards. That's something that we definitely got to make sure that we clean up. We are turning the ball over way too often. And that's something that I look at with Maryland. I say, that's something that I hope that Brad is preaching with this ball club. But the thing that encourages me, A-Dub, is that rebounding and defense continues to be strengths of this team in addition to their three-point shooter. It is. It's that part of it. But I do want to touch on that one part you mentioned about the weakness when it comes down to Maryland and, and our us turning the ball over. And you're right, that Maryland team wants to do some traps on us, man. Half court traps and give us different looks to try to engage us to turn the turn the ball over. But those are things that you're right, man. Underwood's probably going to preach and get this team together with. But you made some good points also about the other areas that we've been strong in. And we've been doing a good job just playing together as a team. So when we look at this matchup though against Maryland, you know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna rip the band-aid off of it. First and foremost, I understand who's coming back down to Champagne. We'll be down there live covering this matchup. Well, Io's gonna have his jersey retired at halftime. And so this is something that I've talked about on this show multiple times about the fact that Io took a chance on Illinois. Illinois was not a good basketball team when Io committed to them. He stayed true to his word, he didn't decommit. He went down there to Champaign. He became a legend. As I talked about on the show many times, to a lot of our young hoopers that may listen to this show, take a chance on your hometown team. Guys like Merez Johnson, who's committed to Illinois already. Promised a sophomore from St. Rita. Guys like that, it comes top of mind. When a guy that feels that passion of wanting to stay at home, he wants his family to be able to watch him play, well, IO's no different. And so that's why I give my salute to Io and the fact that he's going to have this tremendous honor in the game tomorrow. He's going to have this tremendous honor in the game on Thursday. He deserves it. Well-deserved. And he's one of the biggest reasons why this program is in the position it is in right now, A-Dub. And I like what all we just shared about we don't stay at home. Man, you can still live out your dreams. And Io was really living proof to show you that. Like, look, look where I came from. Went to Illinois, now with the Chicago Bulls. So it's like, hey, you can still live out your dreams. You still can make it. Why not? Glad to see guys staying home. Some of them would like to see more. For them to go to the University of Illinois, I think that's uh, definitely a big-time thing for them to do. And that's why I said I want to give that shout-out to Marez Johnson because I think that's huge that he made that decision. And yep. he's sticking to it. He had to put out some a, a tweet this week where he let people know, listen, I'm not out here trying to convince you guys of anything. I said what I said. <laughs> now carry on. <laughs> this is also another thing that really pisses me off with all this recruiting stuff is they forget that these kids are teenagers. They're kids. Let them be kids, man. Let them enjoy this shit. Let them have yeah. fun. Now, with this matchup against Maryland, some areas that I'm kind of looking at here that I think are going to be very important for us is a microcosm of what we saw in the matchup against Minnesota. I don't know how they're going to defend Kofi Coburn. He's an elite interior presence. And I will say this, 
Maryland has not faced a guy like this all season long. And Maryland, they haven't won a game right now in Big Ten play. That's a big point right there. Uh, I, I did see them um, play against Iowa they played with. They played Iowa kind of tough, but they lost. Now they come to play against Illinois. That's going to be even tougher, right? Because, um, you know, our Illinois team, like you said, Perez with Kofi, he's dominating. I don't think that uh, Eric Ayala for uh, Maryland, I'm not so sure how he can contain some of our guards, man, because uh, that's going to be interesting right there. You got Kofi doing his thing. Then you have our guards. Can Ayala contain those dudes? And I don't think he can contain both of them, you know, because it's going to be an interesting matchup. I think our boys, man, going to really come to play. Now, when it came to the point that I was making about Kofi, they had a they have a guy, Julian Reese, uh, one of their big men. He's shorter than Kofi. But when you watch the tape on Maryland, you'll see that this guy is a solid defender. And so he's going to have his hands full in that matchup. Now, you brought up a point about the guard from Maryland. I'm not really concerned about that matchup. I think that's also an area where we'll be able to really uh, neutralize Maryland. But I think when I look on paper, I would like to see them play this game the same way they did. They played that game in Minnesota. We got to work the ball. The offense needs to go through Kofi. The inside-outside game. Kofi should have 25-10 in this matchup. It should be that easy of a game. I think we need to start inside for sure, making good passes down there to uh, Kofi, right, and let him go to work. Um, the thing you and I talked about with Kofi anyhow was that he makes good passes out of the double team and triple team. So it's like, yeah, man, let's go to inside and let Kofi work. Now, to the point that you made about that Iowa game, that's something that a lot of people will bring up when they talk about this Maryland team because they did play Iowa tough. They actually held the lead in that ball game. So that's a fair point that you brought up. If it weren't for Murray's heroics, Iowa wouldn't have pulled off the game. And we talked about Keegan Murray on this show a couple episodes ago. The guy's mm-hmm. a really good talent there. But Maryland now has to deal with us. And we better than Iowa. So Exactly. So Maryland has to really adjust to that. And I'm not so sure how they're going to adjust to that, Perez. Like you talked about already, man, that's going to be tough. But I'm really excited to see this matchup. I can't wait to see Io's jersey go up to that Raptors and audience. Tune into our, our Twitter account because, as you guys know, we cover Illini basketball, Windy City Bulls, which we're going to talk about here in a second, the Chicago Bulls, and the Chicago Sky. We are going to be that premier spot for you guys to get your Chicago sports fix. And to make sure you guys are staying in tune with Chicago State of Mind. Now, A-Dub, with that being said, Windy City Bulls, they played yesterday against the Motor City Crews. Our guy, Zach Levine, was in the building one time for Zach Levine. But not only that, AK and Mark Eversley pulled up to Now Arena to check out the Windy City Bulls. So the Chicago Bulls were well represented in the building yesterday. That's what's up, man. You know what I'm saying? The Bulls checking out, you know, the G League team, looking at the young talent there, man, seeing who we got and checking them out. So that's what's up, man. That's that support. We can use that. And the energy was needed in the building because audience, you guys know, vaccine mandates are now sweeping all through Cook County. So the crowds were a little bit more limited than they had been a little bit earlier in the season. Also, you probably had a lot of people that are probably not trying to come out right now. With the variant, just like... (laughs) rearing this ugly head right now, a lot of people probably are deciding to stay at home or choosing to stay at home, A-Dub. So all the support that these guys can can get is needed. And so in this game here, they had a tough loss against the Motor City Crews. But I gave our guys a lot of credit because A-Dub, they fought tough out there. 
I was live there at the, at the game covering it, and I got my first look at Mac McClung up close. Now, you guys all know the Bulls signed him to a 10-day contract, former Texas Tech Raider, former Georgetown Hoya. Well, Mac McClung, got a nice little game, man. 19 points in the ball game today, A-Dub. And what I really like about this kid is he don't back down. The Motor City Crews bench, and you remember this A-Dub from the, the game that you covered. That bench is always standing up. They're chirping. They're letting you know that they're there. <laughs> Mac McClung didn't back down. They were talking shit to him, and he just like kind of like was egging them all, like, yeah, keep it coming. Bring it. I like that type of energy. Yeah, I'm quite sure, Perez. You like that energy? I love that, man. Zach over there watching like, yeah, I love what I'm seeing right here, that competitiveness. Yeah, you know, I didn't get a look at Zach, but I'm sure Zach was probably feeling it too. Zach was very chill over up in, up in the building, man. Even when they uh, put him on the Jumbotron, he didn't want to take the attention away from uh, the players on the court, which I respected. But mm-hmm. with Mac McClung, I really was impressed by his performance out there on the court today. Daniel Turu returned. He signed a 10-day contract, as I mentioned in the last episode with the Toronto Raptors. He returned 17 points in the ball game, was solid there in the post. So we had a lot of bright spots. Devon Dotson had 20 points. As I mentioned in the last episode, I figured it was only a matter of time before he returned to the Windy City team. I guarantee you that Devon Dotson, having a taste of being with that big league team, it probably was a little bittersweet for him to be back in, in the G League, man. Yeah, it probably was, friends, because I know he probably enjoyed his time with that playing with the big team, man. It had to be exciting for him. Uh, but to come down there, you know, and play with the G League team, I know it's a little bit different, though, but um, hopefully he enjoyed his time. He had 20. He was getting to the lane, and, and and I hope that he learned some things from practicing with that big league team. And I'm hoping that those are some things that he can bring back down to the G League. And it's a matter of time before he's going to get his opportunity. The kid's a very talented ball player. Hopefully he just keeps his head in the right places and just realizes that, hey, you just got to keep grinding a little bit longer, man. A little bit longer. Yep, a little- you're right, Fred. Sometimes it takes longer for others to get back up there to that big team. So, like you said, man, keep grinding, keep working hard, keep getting better, you know, and you will get your chance again. Now, one guy that I wanted to give a shout-out to before we move on to our Chicago Bulls portion of the content, Troy Baxter. Now, this is a high-flying guy. You and I have talked about him in the past on the show. He went to an HBCU, pretty raw player. But tell you what, the athleticism is not this guy's problem. He almost attempted a dunk just right inside the free throw line that almost made me jump out of my seat. And we're not supposed to even cheer or make any reaction. A-Dub, I almost lost myself because that shit there was, he was about to put somebody on the poster. <laughs> Troy got that kind of athletic, like athletic system. That's what's up. I'm glad he made that tip with you watching, prayers. He brought some energy and a little bit of juice to the arena. It was lacking. In that first quarter, I kind of was like looking at the team. I was like, oh, they're kind of looking like they're going through the motions a little bit. Well, Coach Darmasant went to the bench. He brought in Kerwin Roach, and he brought in Troy Baxter. They brought some of that juice off the bench, and that's what they need. And you and I talk about this so much with this team. There's a lot of talent. But because they haven't had time to really play together, they've missed a lot of time due to the COVID outbreaks or the things that have gone on with the Bulls team, this team still hasn't gelled yet. So it's only a matter of time before they get that type of timing with each other. You make a good point, though, Perez. Things that happen that led to the chemistry not being quite there. Once they continue to work together, man, sky's the limit for those guys. So we'll see what happens down the road. We'll be watching, man, keeping an eye on that, though. But um, it'd be good to see these guys continue to evolve together. 
And we'll be there this weekend covering the Delaware Blue Coats series that we have with them this weekend. So they're coming to town for the audience. If you guys have not purchased tickets, feel free to check that out. Go to uh, WindyCityBulls.com. Check them out. It's quality product. And we enjoy going out there. The parking is free. And you get to see some good hoops. So why not? Check them out. Now, talking about our Chicago Bulls, we talked about Zach Levine being in the building. Well, our Chicago Bulls are in the building, audience. Our Chicago Bulls are first place in the Eastern Conference, thanks to our boy, DeMar DMVP, with his two buzzer-beater game-winner shots last week, A-Dub. How about DeMar DeRozan, bro? I want people to stop calling him an all-star, bro, at least for this season. I want them to call him a superstar because he's not playing like an all-star, Perez. We know what they look like. They're serious to this game. We know. You got the superstars. You got the all-stars. You got the borderliners. You got the role players, right? But DeMar DeRozan is playing like a superstar. I mean, like you said, the buzzer beat his prayers. It's like even when we're not playing our best, we can still win games because a guy like DeMar DeRozan. Like you said, DMVP, man. He is playing that way, Perez. I give him props because especially in that Pacers game, DeMar DeRozan's shots were not falling. And if, if if we're being honest, Kobe White was really responsible for the Bulls staying in that game because Kobe White had that balanced score because Zach was even off in that game too. But when it mattered the most, DeMar DeRozan iced that game. And A-Dub, it was so funny looking at that game winner. It was one of the most unorthodox game winning shots that I've ever seen somebody hit because it was nonchalant. Because <laughs> you realize DeRozan said that he lost track of time. And he looked up and he was like, oh shit, I got to get a shot off. And my man hit a one-legged jumper, contested, for the win. Made it look easy, right? Like, you know what? I kind of do this in practice all the time. <laughs> so, right? It looked like he was like, like you said, uh, you know, the clock was running down. It looked like it was something that if you just watching on television, like, oh, this guy I've done this before in the gym, man. <laughs> and he made this shit. I was like, man, he made it look so easy. Because you see the shot, the form, right, Prince? It was a one-legger, but it didn't look like he was, like, rushing it, right? Like, I'm trying to throw this away kind of a thing, right? It was, like, on track. And um, when he hit it, I was like, damn, this guy, DeMar DeRozan, man, got the magic, Prince. Listen, that was Happy New Year to all of us in Bulls Nation. That was a nasty-ass shot. But then also, too, he comes back the next night against the Wizards and gives them a little something-something. <laughs> Man, I thought we was going to lose that game to the Wizards because we didn't look out best against them either. I was we like, dang. And then here goes DeMar DeRozan, like, hey, this is what I do. <laughs> another fourth quarter, another big-time dude. Like, look, I'm going to cash this in, man, game winner. Can close two games any better than that, Perez. Well, he made NBA history, so... I don't know. The jury's out. LeBron, <laughs> feel free. Feel free. <laughs> but I was kind of shocked, though, he wasn't there on the player of the month, though. You know what I'm saying? For December, that did kind of shock me. They gave it to um. So I was like, wow, you didn't give it to DeRozan. You know how they disrespect us here in Chicago. It's okay. It's okay. Oh, they're going to pay for that, though, Perez. They are. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But like I said, I want to continue to keep giving props to Kobe White. I know a lot of people will continue to make remarks about his defense. A lot of people continue to make comments about the fact that the Bulls should trade him. I mean, I was one of those people in the offseason that said I wouldn't be surprised if he got traded. But as I keep telling the audience, A-Dub, I'd rather have Kobe White on this team because to have that type of a threat, a guy that can come off the bench and get hot the way that Kobe White can get hot, that's what you want come playoff time on your on your roster. I'm glad you brought up Kobe White because I've actually been 
just watching him write prayers and just been thinking like you have. You threw it out there to us. Like, look, this guy been playing well. But one thing I've also noticed in this gym scoring prayers, he actually have been playing pretty good defense too. Yes, it has, has not been a hindrance. So it's like this guy stepped up in the defensive end. He's getting better and better each game, Perez. He's making big shots. I'm like, look, hey, we, we can use that, man. Even with the virus going on, players in out the lineup, all that stuff. The good thing about this here is that Kobe White has been able to thrive when we have players out. And it looks like he's going to continue, Perez. Speaking of, of the of guys returning, Lonzo's return from protocols, Alfonso McKinney has returned. And that's clutch to me because with Javante Green and his injury, because now they're saying Javante Green, A-Dub's going to miss multiple weeks. He's got a growing strain. So the fact now that we got some guys coming back, it'll offset the loss of a Javante Green. And not to mention, it's something that a lot of us Bulls fans don't talk enough about. Patrick Williams is out. This team has done so well with battling all these injuries that Patrick Williams has become the forgotten guy. Patrick Williams is forgotten, man. Um, you, you make a good point. And because we've been winning and doing so well as a team, he got lost, man. And then you talk about Green being hurt, man. He's another guy who I like. You know me, I talk heavy about Green. So with him being gone, man, that's tough in itself. But you're right, guys have been stepping up, man, and doing their job. And this team has not really missed a beat with having Williams out and now losing Green. The Green one does hurt a little bit because he was the starting power forward. So you do miss that size a little bit. But however, Donovan and Fleming, they figured it out, man. We've had 18 guys hit the damn protocols list because Alex Caruso is now on protocols. <laughs> wow. <laughs> man, we can't win with this protocol thing, man. It keeps getting us, Chris. It really everybody. does. Everybody. Yeah, it's getting everybody. But, man, but one thing I will say about this Bulls team, somehow, man, we're still getting wins, Chris, through all this. Caruso was just becoming, he was just getting reevaluated for that foot injury. So now with him being on the protocols, I guess by the time he does come back, I'm sure that foot injury will be a, a non-issue, I hope, a I hope so, too. I hope he's 100% healthy, Perez. You and I are big fans of Caruso. We can use that defense, Perez, especially with Green being out. Yeah, combining that with Lonzo Ball and also to the point that you made that improved defense by Kobe White, which I'm glad you brought that point up because that's something that enough people are talking about. He has gotten better there. You combine that with what, what you've gotten from Io off the bench. They have some scrappiness on this team, and I love it. I really do. I love the scrappiness, man. The dirty work, the, the things that people don't want to do. Look at that Lakers team. You can't get nobody to do no dirty work over there. But look at our Bulls team. These guys are fighting for the ball, playing hard, press, hustling. You know, these are things that don't always go in the stat sheet that you always talk about that these players do. That's called winning basketball games. Mm-hmm. So you spoke about the Lakers. I'm over here thinking about the Brooklyn Nets. I, yep. That's another team I look at that don't do the little things that matter. And when I'm looking at this Eastern Conference, I'm looking at the Bucks and the Nets as the teams that I'm like, okay, these are the teams that the Bulls are going to have to go through. You bring on those Brooklyn Nets any day of the week. Now, the Bucks, my thing to you on that one, A-Dub, and I just got to be honest, who the hell do we have that's going to cover Giannis? I don't know who can cover him, man. I'm not sure we can even slow him down, but it's going to be a total team effort to slow that guy down. So I think for us, it's going to take a total team effort, man. We have to dig deep to try to stop those guys, especially Giannis, who I think is always an MVP candidate. But to, to the original point, because, yeah, I do agree with you. The Bucks, they are a physical ball club because what won them that championship last year is the fact that they grinded teams down. Look yeah. how physical they defended KD 
in that net series. And also, let's just remember what they did in the finals. So anyway. True. My point, though, when I look at this Bulls team is I think that they match up a lot better with the Brooklyn Nets. And that is a team that I really think, whether it's KD or Kyrie or whoever the fuck's in that lineup for, for Brooklyn, I like our chances. Plus, you know Kyrie ass, he gonna be here for the home game, so we got a shot. <laughs> right. He waiting on protocols to change, but you're right. I like our chances against the Nets. Because you know one good thing that I like what you said already, Prez, was around the fact that that next team is somewhat cute, right? They play cute. They play with mm-hmm. their stars. You got James Harden. He's not known for defense. You got Kyrie. I ain't seen Kyrie for no defense. Man, ain't be like you say. Man, ain't be there. And then that's KD. Maybe a one-man show again, right, Perez? So it's like... <laughs> yeah, and I feel bad for KD because you know, outside of Chicago, he's one of my uh, favorite players in the league, man. But I got a feeling he going to be like Michael Jackson with that Jackson 5 again, looking around like, man, y'all, and then y'all going to step up? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and look again, man. And um, as you've seen so far this season, man, our Bulls is already giving him a headache already, man. He, he realizing that, hey, this Chicago Bulls team no joke. Hell no, that ain't no joke. We've won eight straight games. So when you look at that Orlando Magic game, that was another game where, okay, we, we kind of struggled a little bit. We didn't play our best basketball. You know what a true measure of a good team is? That they can win games like that. And that's what this team has mastered because you remember the Bulls under the old coach. I'm not bringing up his name. <laughs> but games like that, we would lose. Oh, yeah. What a good ass torch. Just seeing how this team playing now, man, this just lets you know when they do play their A game press. You know they can beat teams by, what, 18 to 20 points, man. This is a different team, man. Different Bulls team. One thing for the audience to kind of keep in mind right now is the Bulls are serving a little bit of time off. That's why I talked about the fact that Zach Levine was at the Windy City Bulls game. Now, I assume was going to travel down to Champaign to have his jersey retired. So they got a couple days off here. But once Friday hits, man, the Bulls schedule is about to pick up on asses. So the Bulls are going to be going from Friday until the All-Star game. And that's because of all those postponements and the cancellations mm-hmm. that were going on early in the season. So this schedule now is about to really hit this Bulls team. All I want to do, Perez, with a schedule like that is to pray that nobody gets hurt. Playing so many games, man, could be tough. So I hope Coach is really looking at that and making sure people get their proper rest, you know, and not be overextending no minutes too much when you got a, a rough schedule like that. Yeah, so we'll see what Coach has in mind for him, but I'm sure he'll be prepared. We're mm-hmm. getting guys back at the right time here, so very, very important. But the biggest thing that I just enjoy about this team, and we talk about it so much, A-Dub, is that they enjoy playing with one another. They got a great chemistry, a great camaraderie, and I just love seeing how DeMar DeRozan is just smiling on the court. I don't, I can't remember him smiling that damn much when he was in San Antonio. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, he was found that much in San Antonio, man. There was some headaches over there, friends. It was. He ain't going to speak too much on it because you don't want to throw pop on the bus, and I get it. But it looks yeah. like he's a lot happier playing with the Chicago Bulls, and he's playing this game a lot more than he has in the past, man. Salute to tomorrow, man. Keep that smile going because I enjoy watching it. I enjoy seeing it, friends. It just, you know, makes you feel good about this Bulls team in general. Yes, sir. Well, speaking of a smile on our face, so our Chicago Bears, they beat the New York Giants. You and I talked about this on DBE. We're going to celebrate the small victories. I know most people are like, oh, man, they were so excited about them beating a trash team. Well, guess what? (laughs) 
if they would have lost to them, then we all would have been throwing fucking fire at the fucking Hallis Hall. But we didn't do that because the Bears did what they had to do. So we know that the head coach more than likely is not going to be here. Now, I know that the organization, according to Matt Nagy, has not told him that he's going to be relieved of duties. We all know it's a far gone conclusion here in Chicago. Justin Fields was very complimentary in his words about Matt Nagy, but anybody that is smart can parse through what Justin Fields was saying in those words. And what Justin Fields was basically trying to tell you guys in layman's terms is, hey, I respect him because he's my coach, but I know that there's a coach out there that's going to be able to unlock those abilities. And it seems like Justin Fields is ready for that, just like we all are. It's going to be some changes. <laughs> and it's all about Justin Fields. And you, you and I talked about this plenty of times, man. It's about this kid development and putting him in a situation to where he can continue to thrive, Fred. So you're right, man. I'm glad he said kind of words about Nagy because I think Nagy kind of went out here and tried to finish the season. He didn't quit on the team. So with this team, the way it's been, it's time to move forward. And we're moving forward with Justin Fields and making sure he's in a good position to be successful. Yeah, time to move forward. We'll turn the page. Uh, Justin Fields, classy response about the coach. Matt Nagy's been classy. You and I talked about this on DBE. Listen, we're not going to disparage the guy on the way out. The guy has been a very class act in the way that he's treated the media, in the way that he's treated his teams, and even in the way that he's dealt with the fans. The fans have been brutal with him. This guy's had all kinds of reasons to say some foul, crazy shit to people. <laughs> he ain't said nothing. No, he didn't, friends. He's been very genuine, man. Took it on the chin. He's been a man about all this, so I got to give him credit there. Yeah, you can't say enough about that because most of the people that are directing all the insults to him, they wouldn't be able to take that shit. Hell no. I knew I couldn't take that kind of heat, man. Good for Nagy. If you take a strong <laughs> guy to be the coach of Chicago, because you talk about coach of Chicago, a big market here, man. You taking a lot from the fans. Tough skin, thick skin. Hey, good for you, Nagy. Yeah, he's definitely got some thick skin. Definitely got some thick skin. <laughs> yes, sir. But again, we're going to wish him well. We know that he wasn't the right fit to unlock Justin Fields. He wasn't the right fit to get us to where we need this organization to be. But listen, I wish him well. I hope everything is well with him and his family. That's where it stops, though. We care about the Chicago Bears and this franchise getting to where it belongs. And right now, this team has been too average for way too long. We feel that this team, all the kind of money that's been invested in this team, that we can be better. So, hey, Nagy, you couldn't unlock the offense that Perez and I talked about plenty of times. We'll get somebody else that we think can come and do the job right. So that's where we're at. Well, speaking of uh, money that's being allocated, before we get out of here, audience, we're going to talk about our Chicago Sky real quick because GM and Coach Wade, he extended qualifying offense to Diamond the Shields and Lexi Brown. So now, A-Dub, that gives the Chicago Sky a little flexibility now with these two ballplayers. Now, I think other teams now can offer them a contract, right, on the 15th. They can either accept what they got right here, right, with us, right? We can move on, but... If they don't, what that leads us to, right, for them, the, whoever wants to get them on that team to outbid it. So hopefully Lexi or Diamond, they decide to accept it. That'll be great. I would love to see them both back on the team. Prez, you know me, man. Let's bring the entire band back. But starting here, I got no issues with Wade. So I think what this move is, it's a preemptive strike for, for GM Wade. So in this situation, he has them locked in potentially as because the, they're both restricted. Now, other teams have the ability to sign up to an offer sheet, which then Coach Wade will have the ability to either match or to let him go. 
Mm-hmm. Now, we talked about last week with the Shields. And I said, I think that she comes back, but I have a feeling that the Atlanta Dream are going to sign her to an offer sheet. And I think it's going to force Coach Wade to have to match that offer sheet. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to explore this with you because when you look at both of these scenarios with these players, what Coach Wade is doing is basically just making sure that he's stacking his chips as much as he can. Stack your chips, Coach. I'm not mad at you, man. Um, but he's playing his cards right. I'm glad you and I are not going to be keeping an eye on these two here because uh, I was looking at really what he offered both of them. And I was like, um, if Diamond the Shield has an ego like the NBA players for us, <laughs> she's going to look and say, oh, you offer Lexi a little bit smaller than what you offer me, right? And if her ego did, it's something to watch, right? So we're going to see what this bidding war look like. Yeah, no, we'll definitely see. But also, sign a trade type of uh, scenarios pop up as well for Coach Wade. So that's why I said mm-hmm. he opened himself up to a lot of different possibilities here by extending those qualifying offers. You make a good point there, man. So I think, hey, look, hey, like, look, I'm ready to play chess, man. And also, too, now with those qualifying offers extended, Coach Wade still has that core designation in his back pocket. That's true. And we, you and I talked about what's going to happen with Kalia Copper. So now he has that potentially to utilize with her if they can't come to terms on a max extension. <laughs> hey, Wade got his hands full, friends, with these free agents in general. I'm, I'm rooting for Wade to get it all right, man. I hope he can sort this out because I want to see us uh, try to go for that repeat, man. I think Wade up to something, friends. Well, yeah, we'll see. But Kalia Copper has said she's open to a return to Chicago. The only way that guarantees that happens, A-Dub, is if Coach Wade uses that core designation because you brought the core designation rule up. But on the last episode, I referenced Candace Parker and Kalia Copper's friendship. Correct. That is something that I want the audience to just remember that and keep that in mind when January 15th rolls around we can start negotiating with Kalia Copper and these other free agents. Glad you brought up the core because that's going to be a big part of what Wade does because um, the thing you said, man, with us winning the championship, we have the player of the year on our team, and now she can be a voice to Khalil Copper, man, to say, hey, I know you want to be here. Come on, stay and wrap this out. Let's try to go for another one. Run it back. All right, audience, final segment time. If this city could talk. Am I if this city could talk is going to be more COVID-related? Shocking. But here in the city of Chicago, I was sad to see that the, the Chicago Teachers Union and the Chicago Public Schools are and a bit of a bitter dispute, again, when it comes to in-person learning versus remote learning. Mm-hmm. So if this city could talk, I would just ask these both sides, the teachers union and CPS, to put the children first, think about what's in the best interest of them, and figure this thing out. Because these kids are the ones that are going to miss out in the long run if they're not getting the instruction. Figure it out. If it's going to be remote learning, cool. Put the plan in place. If it's going to be in person, they get the test to ensure that these kids are going to be safe. So if this city can talk, put the children first, figure this shit out because this is getting ridiculous. I like that. Put the children first, man. It's about them, their safety, and also about their learning. This city can talk. It will say COVID is still out here. It's very important that, hey, you take care of yourselves because we saw what happened last year now coming again this year around the wintertime. And it's getting harder right now for a lot of people at this point. So I wish everyone well. I want people to continue to stay safe. I want people to get healthy. So this city can talk. 
It will tell you all, get healthy, all right? So we'll need you all around for the long haul. Stay safe, get tested, be careful, be smart. As always, this show is brought to you by Crave It. Join us on our exclusive community at Chicago Versus. The Crave It app is available on Apple and Android. We appreciate you guys and your continued support of this show. With Chicago State of Mind, thank you for listening, and we are out. You asked all my teammates. The one thing about Michael Jordan was he never asked me to do something that he didn't fucking do. I'm only doing it because it is who I am. That's how I played the game. That was my mentality. If you don't want to play that way, don't play that way.